This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. Good morning or evening, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> I was going to say, well, it's not evening here, but yeah, you're right. Depending on when you're listening to this, where you're listening to this, in your car, at your home, in your, uh, on a daily walk, on a subway, uh, you know, wherever. In your pinball den, surrounded by pinball machines. If that's the case, then what are you doing listening to us? Go play some <laughs> right? people. <laughs> right? Like, come on. You don't want to have this audio going on while you got the chimes and uh, fun music of a regular table. That's right. Okay, Jared, I'm going to I'm going to do you a favor. Okay. I'm going to save my beginning of the show talk for the end of the show. Ah. Okay, so <laughs> listen to for me. Nice. Um So, I uh finally placed my order to get the connectors for mm. uh, that I need to put on uh, Ebol Deluxe and I they've shipped. So now I'm just waiting for them to arrive. Awesome. And then starts the fun, and I'm wondering how best to tackle this. <laughs> so you're wondering, hmm, I now got to work out which wire goes into which socket outing. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, the wires are already in their current sockets. Mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming that they're just in a number, you know, uh, uh, slot rows or whatever. Because right now what it is is it's the wire gets uh, pressed into a metal blade, if you will, yes. that makes contact with the wire. So I'm assuming that those are in the particular order. And instead, I'm going to be putting them into their uh, new deal, which is going to just be in a straight row uh, with the uh, pins that you crimp onto the end of the wire. Mm-hmm. I believe those are uh, what Molex. Is that what they call them? Molex connectors. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to debate. Is it a thing where I just do one wire at a time and, uh, you know, Pull it out, make the connector, put it into the, the new connector, or do, is it better that I try and label every single wire and pull them all out at the same time so I have more freedom of movement? Or do I just go ahead and label them all and still do it one at a time? There's two options you can do. If you've got a fair bit of uh, cable left, like if there's a fair bit of slack in all the cables, yeah. you can just cut the, the wires off close to the bottom of the Molex plug. Um, and then you'll have the wires hanging out the old Molex plug, and then you'll just be able to put the new Molex plug and match up the Y colors. Oh, I see what you're saying. Match up mm. the wire colors. Okay. Okay, because then you'll know exactly what order they're in. On that That's way. right. Hmm. That's the other way. But sometimes you're, sometimes with that approach, you're, um, you're struggling with the length of the wires because they, right. they generally didn't give you an extra a lot of extra play in the back box cables. Yeah. So you might need to, what a lot of people do is when they're recabling something like that, they'll actually put extensions on. Mm-hmm. So they'll actually go and put like an extra, like one or two inches of wire between the plug and the old wires and actually just join them on and heat shrink them. Um, and they're not doing you, that. No. <laughs> so the other option is to, yeah, split the plug open. Um, or just try and pull the wires out best you can. I think there's a way you can actually put a thin screwdriver, one of those little jeweler screwdrivers in to mm-hmm. a little 
to trip the metal catch that actually holds the contact in, then you should be able to slide the whole contact out. Well, no, no, no. These, there is no contact on the wires that I have. Most of oh, my wires, there's only, I think, two of all of my connectors that are actual Molex connectors. Everything mm -hmm. else is the original Bally connector, where it's, like I said, it's just you took the wire and you just pushed it into the slot, and then the little metal edges slit, you know, sliced the outer oh, cable and then yeah. made the contacts with. I know the ones you're talking about. Yeah, they're terrible. Right. Yeah, no, well, wonder you're having, yeah, well, no wonder you're having so much trouble with, exactly. with your connections. Yeah, because they're... The thing with the the other ones, the Molex um, plug is because you have the crimping tool, yeah. you're actually crimping the wire on really hard. But these ones are just push in, like the yeah. other ones you're talking about, like little push in. And you're right, the little metal blades of the contacts will cut the insulation for you. Yeah, they're right. horrible, horrible. So that's so, what that's the majority of what I'm going to be uh, dealing with. Um, hmm. So yeah, when everybody says, "Did you change connectors?" That's why I'm changing the connectors. Oh well, that's that's <laughs> even easier because you you're right. You'll be able to just pull the wire out of each of the slots. Right. So all you need to do really is just take a photograph, a really good close up photograph of the wires. Um, and because wires are wires, they'll actually have a memory on them. So yeah, it shouldn't actually, as you know, when you've been like when you had to strip the playfield, like uh, the wires do tend to keep their shape. Yeah. Um, so you shouldn't have too much trouble just taking off the wires, putting the little terminals on, and then putting them back in the way they were. Um, that should be pretty easy to do. Yeah. Have you got so, a good pair of wire strippers so you can get that nice exposed end? Ordered it. Well, I, actually, I don't know if the... Uh, I, I take it back. I don't know if the crimping tool comes with a wire stripper on it. probably doesn't, so I can easily find a wire stripper. That's, that's yeah, not the ones. It the crimping tool might have a wire stripper on it, but it's going to be pretty crap. Right, so, instead of specific uh, wire mm -hmm. the strippers that where you actually put the correct gauge in. <laughs> yes, well, you can get those ones which are cheap, or you can get the yeah. other ones which will which will make your life a whole lot easier. And they're the ones that are actually like almost like a uh, a pair of pliers, I guess, but they're actually right. spring loaded, so you have yes. a depth gauge. Yes, and you basically the the teeth sort of go shrunk, and then there's a little blade underneath it. It'll just go and strip the wire back. Yep, and then um, you just pull. The, pull. You go and you just basically go chuk, 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 across all your wires like that, and it's dead easy. Yep. They're a little bit more expensive than the like the two dollar ones that like have different gauge holes in it. Mm -hmm. um, but you'll get a much better. You you'll thank yourself for spending the extra bucks, <laughs> particularly if you've got a lot of wires to do. Um, yeah. The other, the other disadvantage with the cheaper ones is that it's very easy to cut through the wire um, yes. accidentally when you're trying to strip the uh, outside off. But these ones have a depth. Like, basically, they won't cut anything more than the depth. Mm -hmm. So you're going to save yourself a lot of short wire issues if you buy the more expensive ones. So that's mm. uh, excited to, to have that come in. And uh, hopefully that solves the problems that I... <laughs> I think you're probably right because what you probably find is when you take the the insulation off where the wires have been like inserted into the thing, you probably find there's a bit of corrosion yeah. um, in those bits where the wires have actually exposed. Yeah, and that will probably be if you take a close look at them. That will probably be the reason why you've got the problem. Well, and again, um, for people that because uh, this was many podcasts back that we talked about it, I have a specific circuit of lights that are out. Mm. Um, and 
having changed all the little uh, transistor or whatever you want to call it uh, that that were burnt out or possibly bad uh i'm left with the idea that it's got to be the connector mm. um because and again when i first bought the table uh all the lights were working when i first got it home all the lights were working and then when I read Pinside and it said, first thing you want to do is disconnect everything and then plug it all back in for, uh, I forget whatever reason it said that. And I did that. And that's when I all of a sudden had lights that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a classic case of, well, the last thing you touched was the connector. So it's a connector. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you get a, um, what you can get from a lot of places is fiberglass pencils. Um, okay. have you, have you found any way that over there sells a fiberglass pencil? I've not looked for a fiberglass pencil. Why do I want they, a fiberglass pencil? Fiberglass pencils are a burnishing tool. So what they are is they have, basically there's like a, there's a core that's made up of fiberglass mm-hmm. and you can basically taste, take something rusted and crap and turn yeah. it into polished metal with one of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is what you'll probably find is over the years, the standoffs of the boards that you've got. Right, the connector um, heads. Yep, the connector heads. Those will actually be all tarnished and mm-hmm. have probably uh, continuity issues or a buildup of grunge on them that basically means the contacts aren't probably making contact properly. So mm-hmm. if you get one of these pencils, they're inexpensive. Um, well, I'll, I'll rephrase it. They're more expensive over here than they are over there <laughs> in the US. Yeah. So fiberglass pencils, they're often called magic pencils. Um, uh, but yeah, you can get them. You can get them in different sizes. The ones that I can that I have ready access to over here are about eighteen dollars, and oh, they're wow. small. But I can get them on eBay for much less than that. Um, and you can get all different sizes. The the guys at TNT Amusements on um, their YouTube channel constantly say how good these are for actually cleaning up terminals and all this sort of stuff that always get tarnished. Okay. So that would actually be you could almost almost try that first on the terminals that you know are really bad like all the gi lights and all the light circuits that are always running hot all the time yeah um give them a good burnish with this tool and um see what happens after that um because it might go some ways to fixing the problem if you know that you've that you can get better continuity that way then you know exactly that doing the terminals or doing the um, connectors is a good move because what will happen is the old style terminals will also have uh, like a tarnish and buildup of um, oxidization on them. Mm-hmm. So by swapping out the terminals, you're going to get even better connectivity. So you're going to have years of reliability out of them after you isolate the issue. Right. So yeah, give, they're easy to find. You probably find them in any one of your electronic shops that you frequent. Um, just ask them for fiberglass pencils, and they'll put you in the right direction. All right, I will have to uh, I'll have to look into that and do so. I used one on the um, the other pinball I did up to clean off the contacts. Like I just took the, all the contacts out and just burnished them, all the little contact pads with this the, with this thing, and it just cleans up cleans them up for being black to completely glossy and good again. So they're very good. All right. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Well, folks, we don't really have uh, any bonsai run per se to talk about. Jared actually can mention some things, but uh, we're still another week uh, without it. It'll be actually the when you listen to this podcast, it'll be released at the end of the, that week. So I believe they are looking at 
like March 7th or something like that. Mm. Um, I'm not quite sure what the date is, but it's definitely uh, in this first week of March here. Um, yeah. Probably March 9th is what I'm guessing. Um, yeah. I think it'll be yeah, towards the end because they've still got a bit of work to do on Android um, to get it um, working right. There's some camera angle issues. Um, and of course, obviously the usual texture issues you get in early betas, but I'm sure they'll be resolved. Right. Um, it's a sharp looking play field. They've done a great job of touching it up. Um, it's, it was, I saw the old, the actual original play field shots of it with, um, yeah. without any art touch up and it's pretty rough. So, um, yeah, it's, they've done a great job in post fixing that up. Um, we had a weird bug in the beta. Um, with the cameras. So when you got up to the upper play field, um, it didn't actually zoom out. So all you could see is a very lower set of flippers. That's it. And of course, obviously that makes it very hard because if you manage to shoot up to the next area in the play field, you're just flipping blindly. Mm -hmm. And things happen so fast up there that it was very quickly, your ball drained back down um, the out hole again. Uh, So it was a little bit frustrating, but that's just something they're going to get to when they get to it. Um, right. You know, so that's fine. Overall though, it's a fun game. Like really you can tell that all the action is on the top play field though. Right. Like the bottom play field, it's pretty sparse. Yeah. But it's also, it... see, this is, this is the, the, <laughs> this is the reason why I was like, careful what you wish for folks. Um, because, the upper play field is also painful. <laughs> mm. um, I mean, it, it's not it's not fun to play the vertical play field because you're now you're, you're playing a pachinko machine, yeah, um, and it's brutal and there's no flow to it. So I don't know. Uh, uh, to me, that's not it's not pinball per se it yeah so it reminds me of one of those little plastic uh bb pinball flicking games where you would you know flick the the i mean they're, they're like micro sized and it has a little cup that would you know have a point or whatever it, it's just kind of i don't know willy-nilly there's 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 physics but it's not your typical physics you're not letting the ball uh bounce and and jump around and so that's uh i don't know that's what the the upper play field to me is kind of not fun, but the lower play field, you're right. There's not much to do. Not much <laughs> to do down there. So no. like I said, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things where it's the game itself is a cool gimmick and certainly unique. And I'm glad we have it because it is Pat Lawler's first, uh, of, at least for Williams. I don't know if it's his first in general. I think it yeah. is his very first. And, uh, so I, I totally appreciate it that way. I think it looks cool and it's got uh, interesting sounds going on and everything, but it's not the game that you may think that you're getting. So yeah, it's going to, it's going to punish you and it's going to punish you very hard. Um, <clears throat> but you know, that actually could be a good thing because we don't have a game in the collection. I think that will be this hard. Some of those EMs have come close. They're pretty brutal in the gameplay, but this thing is going to sort you out for sure. So yeah. maybe that's just what we need. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of good. So hey, I want I to... to. Oh, what do you got? 
Well, I was going to mention I got to play some real pinball this week, but what were you going to talk about? No, 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 no. Go. I've got a, I've got a, a, a tangent of pinball related, certainly, but go. I'd rather hear okay. about real pinball. <laughs> well, this week has been pretty cool because out of the blue, um, Netherworld have managed to get total nuclear annihilation. Oh, okay. Um, which is surprising because when I spoke to Jimmy, is the owner, at one point he goes, ah, oh, we just missed a shipment from the US over to Australia on the slow boat. So we're, we won't be able to get one for a while now. Oh, that's no worries, you guys. But the good news is we get to get dialed in. I said, well, that's a happy accident. No, not right. a really bad thing. I'm actually okay with that. Um, but then out of the blue, here it is on the floor, TNA in all its glory. Uh, I was very surprised to see it. And I thought, well, on Friday, I should go there and put a couple of tokens in it and see what the thing's all about. And I've, I've got to say that Spooky Pinball and um, uh, Scott Denisi really have got something special going on here. Um, the profile of the pinball cabinet itself next to something like Dialed In, it actually even looks like an old System 11. Um, oh, like okay. it's got, it's got the same like overall cabinet, um, angles on it that an old system mm -hmm. 11 would have. So it doesn't look like a modern Stern. Gotcha. Actually, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And it, so even they've got that down as far as the presentation aspect of the game goes, which I thought was really impressive. Um, from the outside of the cabinet perspective, it's all laser cut, um, rails. Um, so everything. On it. it looks like an old cabinet, but it's got all the new things that we kind of have been seeing recently on cabinets. Um, and it looks really, really nice. So, yep. And then they're all LED, but they're like, um, they're just in one big row across just below the back glass. And then below that, you've got the big um, LCD screen. Um, so, again, they've kept with that old school aesthetic of having actual score displays but then have enhanced the overall experience with the big screen. And I did, I actually met up, well, I happened to get there at lunchtime and, and ran across one of the mates that I usually play pinball with um, at um, um, the Brisbane Pinball Club. And so we thought we arrived at the same time and I've, I've been looking forward to playing this again, well, let's have a two-player game. And it's an interesting game to play in two-player because you can steal locks. I love um, being able to do that. Oh yeah, and he was so cut. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, you just stole a multi-ball, you bastard. And yeah. it says, oh, well, I'm sure I'm sure you'll get me back at some other point. And sure enough, he did. I had two balls locked, and then he stole my lock. So it all pays out after all. But definitely, it's an interesting game from that perspective because that will be a single-player-only game in tournaments because right. we, in the rules, like, you know, we, we any game that allows you to steal multi-balls like Adam's Family or anything like that, it's always, yeah, single-player-only. See, we, we did that in our in our league because you know you'd have four people playing on the, the table at any given time, and there is many a table that would allow you to do exactly that: steal somebody else's uh, multi-ball buildups. And I remember I had it. I spent all of ball one building up. I didn't collect it. The person after me didn't collect it. The third person was like, "Sweet, hit one shot, boom, collected the multi-ball." Mm -hmm. So then, uh, fourth person locked like one ball. And then it came back around to me because I was the the starting person, and I purposely didn't lock any balls oh, because really? I knew that I because I knew that I wouldn't be able to collect, uh, them. collect them other than you know out of sheer luck. And so by the time it came back around to my third ball, uh, sure enough, 
all the balls were locked. And so I went and tried for it and I failed, unfortunately, to, uh, uh. to snake to snake it. And then the next person did. But it became a strategy of, okay, uh. wait, am I going to let somebody else have this opportunity or am I going to make them earn it? <laughs> and forego trying to get you know get it myself and and so yeah uh it, it was just kind of it was kind of weird but it's so much fun to to see the anguish on somebody <laughs> else's is, face oh, oh great it is fantastic i think almost we should consider allowing four play games um because <laughs> it's like it, it really does change you're right it does change the way you play yeah um one of those tables so the thing that i think the biggest standout thing that well, it was a number actually of standout things on this table, which really impressed me for what it is and what it's trying to be. And that is, it is, it is, it has been reported as being very brutal, but I don't know, maybe they had set it up a little bit softer at Netherworld because we have a wide range of people playing it um, at Netherworld. Uh, but I found it to be quite accessible, no more brutal than a System 11 game. Mm-hmm. Um, but not this level of brutality that I've heard other people talk about. Um, it's, you know, it's still hungry, but you've got things like this n- neat little ball save reactivation thing, a little bit like Zen actually, where you, if you complete the four lanes, you get this singular, singular flashing lamp that you can um, move to either out lane. If you drop the ball down it, you'll actually get your ball back. Oh, okay. So, so that's, that's really good. Like if you use that as a strategy, then fine like that actually extends yeah. your, your gameplay on the table it's really good um i like i really do like the ball lock mechanism on it it's a bit of a highlight of the game it uses the, the two favorite things which is drop targets and state their stage drop targets as well so like they're in a row like uh, a ball deluxe is mm-hmm. um which is lovely um but yeah then you throw ball locks into the same mechanism it's like that is pretty cool the way they've done yeah. that and but then the the standout thing is this whole game is RGB lights. You know, even the GI is RGB. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting listening to some recent interviews that Scott uh, Denisi, the designer, gave about the table is that yeah, I've seen games like Wizard of Oz go full RGB on everything. And for me, I felt it was just a little bit too. It was RGB all the time on yeah. that table and it just got a little bit too much. So what I did is I was inspired by what they did, but I dialed it back a little bit and used RGBs when it was logical to use RGBs. And you see it in the attract mode. It is There's this bit where it's just before the grand champion score comes in and the lights are going down the table and you see this wave of lights goes chunk and then this another layer, a little bit like Tetris, Okay. Uh, on one on top of the other, and each one is a different colored stage light, and it just looks. I, I just went wow, and I managed to get it on on uh, video um, to see it happening. And I'm just that is just such a a cool lighting effect. Everything on that area was the same color, even the mm. um, the GI. And there's other things that when you start up a reactor and it goes critical on the game the the reactor core area which is the the bit at the top where the rollovers are they've got the effect of like one of those um police lights um that spin so that whole light casting around doing the the chasing right so they've actually emulated that effect with all the gi in that area so everything below the plastics is just cycling around oh that's cool like that it just looks amazing like the 
the orchestration and the the light show effects in this are really really a highlight of the game and i i will look forward to pumping a lot more money into this thing um because it just feels fun to play you it's one of those classic system levels where you are oh, i'll just have one more game on that i reckon i could get the reactor two, and it is it is fun so yeah i'm very very glad that netherworld managed to find one of these and you actually get it on site so now i saw that you also uh remember to bring your headphones and we're able to play dialed in with headphones on oh my goodness yes right i i, <laughs> I did and again they've not got that game turned up nearly loud enough and i'll argue that they actually don't have total nuclear annihilation turned up very loud either that mm -hmm. thing has an incredible sound system in it um, by design because Scott Denisi is actually uh, one of his other jobs as a music producer. Oh, okay. So he, he actually did the entire soundtrack for this. Um, which apparently they sent out on crappy cassette tapes. Yes, absolutely. Which maintains the 80s theme. <laughs> it is fantastic. Yeah, they're, like, they're quite expensive. They're like $15 US. And to get them to Australia, I think it works out to be something like total charge with exchange rate about 70 or 80 bucks oh, for one of these to actually get the thing shipped. But <laughs> the thing is, it's actually less about playing it and more about it's actually a piece of collectible art. Right. They've even done like the the J card inside the yeah. thing. That's all been completely customized and it's one of those throw clear J cards and there's been a lot of work put into the package. So it's more like, it's really more of an art piece than it is something you would put into your cassette yeah. player. But the other thing, that if you're interested, is you can go and access the Total Nuclear Annihilation soundtrack on Spotify and listen to it for free. Okay. So the entire thing is on there. And it's interesting to listen to it outside the game. It actually is something that if you like electronic music, um, you will probably enjoy because it's actually not only is it um, good for the game, but it's actually just good electronic music. Um, so... Yeah, I did listen to the entire soundtrack um, from start to end. And it's actually one of those sort of uh, soundtracks that you have running in the background while you're trying to do some work, or at least that's what I used it for. Um, so, yeah, I was yeah blown away by that. And the entire game is amazing. And, uh, you back know, to if I... Then, Oh, back to, yeah, back to Dalian. I was like, you lost, your, you lost your thought there, Jared. I can see it well, happening. You can see, the thing is, though, you can see what's impressed me more. Like, compared to Dialed In and this, yeah. I'm actually more excited about this than Dialed In, which is interesting because Dialed In is a much more deeper game. It's got a lot more going on. Um, but, yes, the audio in Dialed In is crucial to playing right. this game, as you say. Like, I didn't realize just how crucial it is until you plug those headphones in and you get it piping into your ears. The other thing that's very nice about Dialed In is that compared to doing the same thing with Wizard of Oz, the audio is far better. So the way that they've been able to master the audio and stop all the pops and clicks in the audio that um, they got in that very first board set is you can definitely see they put some effort into it. Um, so I ended up getting about 380,000. Oh, that's pretty um, good on that. On, on a ball. And I attribute it directly to the fact that I could hear everything. Yeah. Um, like it is, it is definitely Q-City. Like you need that audio to be able to understand that game. 
um, unless you're very familiar with it and you then know what those lights are. Right. But the thing is that everything is flashing on that game. So <laughs> you don't actually know, unless it's a really intense white flash, you don't really know that, oh, okay, uh, that's probably a priority. I should be shooting that. Yeah. But the voice prompt will go, I'll shoot the spider or shoot the, the subway or shoot this. It's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do that. I ended up getting two multi-balls started. I got the, uh, I think the main multi-ball and I got the one with the, the, the dude on a stick multi-ball, I call it, <laughs> where it's just sliding backwards and forwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I got two of those started and, and then, yeah, the score just blew up. So it was fun. I'll be definitely, obviously, I will only play a pinball machine if it's with headphones, if it's got a headphone port, because why wouldn't you? Yeah, um, it's just amazing. But even with it up maximum, I couldn't actually. It was actually quite soft still. Like it was loud enough that I could actually hear everything clearly. But like I think it was about the same volume as the speaker volume when you actually have it connected through your headphones, which is unusual. Because oh. you they can normally have a little, uh, volume dial up button on the front. Yeah, it's got the volume rocker on it, but the volume rocker was rocked all the way up to the top, and it was huh. still. It wasn't like you know pumping in your ears. It was just. It was enough that you could still hear the flippers and yeah. still hear the mechanical elements of the game, but you could hear the audio and hear the music over the rest of the ambient sound in the arcade. So oh, okay. maybe maybe it was actually perfect, the amount of volume you had there, because it wasn't yeah. too immersive. It was just immersive enough for me. Because this is weird. When I played Game of Thrones with headphones on, it was so loud that you couldn't hear any of the mechanical sounds of the table. Mm. And that's a bit odd yeah it is a bit uh, odd yeah because it, it's it's a little sensory deprivation you still have it in the feel of the you know the physical machine itself but you're just not hearing all the clack 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 clack, clack you know especially when it's yeah. you know, going pop bumpers and stuff um <clears throat> you're not it's hearing a the little a little bit odd uh yes but yeah the other thing that i noticed with dialed in is I think they've got a bit of a design flaw in the game. And that is on the ramp that returns you back or the, the habit rail that returns you back down to the left in lanes. Um, when the ball comes back down that habit rail, it bounces off every single time and hops off the ramp and then jumps into a random um, uh, in lane. Hmm. So I've had it like every single time jump off that um, that habit rail and do weird things like jump off, hit a plastic and then trickle into the lane. I've never really had it go and stay in the lane that it's supposed to be coming out of, which I think they needed probably in because it's a very it sort of goes across and then it does a really sharp dog leg. Yeah. It's at that dog leg at the end of it where the ball drops through, they needed like on the older Belly Williams tables, a really big sort of like extra bit of chrome up the top that yeah. would funnel the ball back in. And they, they don't have it. It's just a very shallow um, drop in. So mm. I think that part of the the rail would could do with a bit of a redesign or some sort of aftermarket mod to stop I wonder it from if jumping. it's just uh, happening on your table or if this is a uh, common problem. I don't know if anyone else has dialed ins. I think the um, the boys at Head to Head Pinball have access to dial in, so maybe I'll drop them a quick message and see if it's doing it for them. It might just be the table is yeah. either too steep or too shallow. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it, mm. it feels like it plays fast to me. So I don't know. Maybe it needs a little bit more um, 
um, rake on it. I don't know. All right. Hey, let's dip into uh, the digital pinball realm. Okay. Uh, Remember when we used to do, well, we, uh, by say we, I mean, Sean uh, used to do Lost in the Zone. Yes. Fire up that music, Jared. (laughs) Yeah. Do we, did we even have music for it? We used to. Didn't we? Yeah. I probably. I'm pretty sure we did. Anyway, uh, the reason why I say that is the Moon Knight challenge that uh, we had running for two weeks, basically, with five different modes. It is complete. We are done. We are all good. Yes. And I can safely say that uh, there is nothing hidden within Moon Knight anymore to me. (laughs) Right. You've seen it all. I have seen it all. Um, So as a reminder to everybody, what we did was we started off with a three ball challenge, uh, no mods whatsoever. Then we did a five minute challenge with a certain set of mods, then one ball survival. And then we finished off with uh, a week worth of three ball with whatever mods you wanted to. And, it's kind of funny because we had significant player drop off for that final tournament. Uh, we only had 12 players where normally we were cruising around 30. And I think it's because, well, twofold one table fatigue, <laughs> by that mm-hmm. point, it was just like, Oh my God, really? Here we go. <laughs> and then two, the, uh, rankings of our players. It was, all but a lock that uh, this one player Tritium 03 was going to win the whole thing. Uh, It was just mathematically the only way that he could possibly not win the whole thing was to either not play the table at all or place outside of the top 10. And considering that he had already placed uh, in second place for three out of the four tournaments and third place in that fourth tournament, it was pretty much a given that he was not going to be bumped. So he mathematically became the winner and then it just came down to second place, and that was between three of us. And I wound up taking that uh, by completely dominating this table. So right. I just kind of wanted to to <laughs> go a little bit into Moon Knight. I kind of developed a strategy for this table, and I wanted to kind of wrap this all up into the idea of Zen. You need to rebalance the scoring on this thing. Um, because, okay, so Moon Knight has, and I mentioned it, uh, in previous podcasts, it has this weird clock face on it. And I had no idea what the clock face did. Yes. And I understand, I now understand what the clock face does in that the hour hand, uh, whenever you shoot the right ramp, it advances, uh, I believe you have to actually shoot it twice, but it'll then advance the hour hand one hour. Okay. Each time you move that uh, the the hour hand to a different hour, it selects a new mode, one of the four modes that are uh, lightable on that ramp. Uh, so it's like Whirly Bird and uh, uh, Speed Punch, and I forget what the other two are. But anyway, the minute hand is done with the left ramp, and it moves much faster. Uh, around the board, but it moves in five minute increments. So depending on where the hour hand and the minute hand are, that tells you what modes are currently available. uh, The mini modes, I should say, are currently available. If, however, you line them up at midnight, then you start what's called nightmare mode. And nightmare is hands down the most fun part of the table. Uh, 
Right. Because what it does is it starts a multi-ball with uh, balls that are on fire. You start with two balls and you can eventually increase it to three balls. But there is some crazy magnet action going on or anti-gravity. I don't know what it is, but the balls will only very briefly have normal physics to them. Oh. So uh, it'll be you know dropping towards your flipper and you're getting ready to flip and all of a sudden it'll just jank off on a right angle away from your flipper. Oh. That sounds um, cool. And I've had balls where literally I missed it and it went it was starting to go down center drain and then rose back up. Uh, oh. If you if the ball is coming and you merely tap it with your flipper, it'll then rise up again out of you know it won't fall down. So you don't catch you can't catch any of the balls um, as they're coming down. The in lane is about the only time that they are behaving normally. Or when you give a full flip to them, then they'll behave normally with you know where they uh, the trajectory goes. But it becomes this random, just crazy wherever the balls are going thing. While all this is going on, each lane is rapidly uh, lighting and unlighting, and you're, you're going in sequence across the board. If you happen to get the ball in there when it's lit, that's how you score a super jackpot. Oh, okay. Now, super jackpot in normal mode uh, with without having the multi-ball bonus uh, multiplier running is worth four million. Okay. To give you perspective, when you finish the very first main mode, that only nabs you two million. All right. The next mode you, you uh, uh, beat, you'll now. And, and that's a million and a million score. It's like a double bonus uh, uh, add up. The next time okay. you, if you have two modes completed, then you get 2 million. And I forget what the second uh, multiplier winds up being based off of, but you don't really earn that much for completing modes. Whereas in nightmare, so long as you can keep those balls going, you can hit super jackpot lane as many times as possible. And because I had the multi ball bonus multiplier going on, which multiplies all scores by two, uh, you're talking 8 million. So when we were playing wow. sur- when we were playing survival, uh, all you had to do was just play that mode, and I racked up seventy million in wow. survival mode. Uh, the person that won it racked up hundred and eleven million. Jeez! <laughs> so it's it's this crazy mode. It's the only mode that has massive amounts of scoring. And here's the thing: you can get it at launch. You can get it at launch. So what you do when you're launching the ball is don't launch the ball. <laughs> you wait yeah. for the, because as you're waiting there, the uh, clock hands are rotating and going. And so you wait until the hour hand is at the 10 o'clock and the minute hand, when it comes around to 25 launch right then, what that'll do is if you get your timing just right, uh, when the ball comes you know, through down and finally to your flippers, that clock will be locked in at 11 o'clock. So now all you have to do is shoot the right ramp twice. Nightmare mode starts. All right. So that's, that's how quickly you can get it. And you do that every single time you launch a ball. Just wait right. for it and, and, and do it. So that's how you can get some crazy scores going. So here's why the table desperately needs some rebalancing is you shouldn't have the mode that can score the most points available to you right at the beginning of a game. No. And especially when after you complete all your modes and you go into and you finally get into wizard mode, which is a bear to get into, 
um, I mean, it's it, not only is it a task of completing because you're basically lighting all of the Moon Knight uh, insert lights. Yeah. So that's uh, completing the four modes plus nightmare mode. And that's the fifth mode. And then there's another four modes, I believe, uh, beyond that. And uh, once you do that, then you shoot the mission hole one more time and you start part one of the wizard goal, which is basically hurry ups of trying to oh. uh, shoot the ball into lanes. And then once you complete all the hurry ups, then it starts a multi-ball at you first with uh, essentially a whirly burled multi-ball, which is the glowing hot white balls oh, that are right. <laughs> so you start doing that, but here's the thing. Shoot a lane. It's worth a million points. A lane so can, is worth a million. Yes. So you can real quickly start just racking up. Uh, but because there are those fiery white hot balls, it's really hard. Yeah. To aim. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and then as soon as you lose one of those, then the balls turn into the flame ball, but oh. it's not, but it's not like nightmare mode where the gravity or the magnets or whatever are going nuts. It's just, they're on fire. Uh, same thing though. Shoot a lane it's worth a million points. But the thing is, is that I earned more points in nightmare multiball than I did in the wizard mode, which doesn't so, seem right. It doesn't seem right at all. So, and, and what it becomes is the table becomes completely anticlimactic mm. in that you know that if you didn't have a good nightmare multiball right off the the bat when you first launched, eh, just restart the table because it's not worth going forward. Um, you know, it, it literally became a thing where if I didn't score at least twenty, you know, twenty five million or whatever. I would just stop and and restart. Rush. And that's poor balancing. Mm -hmm. uh, the flip side, and there, you know what? There's there's a few System 11 and Williams and Bally games that are the same way where uh, they just kind of become they kind of become a Yeah. I mean, there's some System 11 games that if you're in multiball, you get nothing. But if you go and shoot the million ramp over and over and over and over again, it, it's it's far more lucrative than actually doing multiple. You know, so. a, a classic example of this is if you play Creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm. To me, there is no other purpose on that table than to get into multiple because mm. that's where all the points are. Yeah. And there's now this is when we're playing it on TPA, playing it in real life. Good luck. Yeah. Have fun <laughs> get, with that. Get your points where you can get them. But yeah. uh, when you're playing digital, most likely it's going to drain. All yeah. the time, because yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. Um, but even even that, in terms of getting multi-ball, each time you beat uh, or or get your super jackpot, and now you have to kind of restart the mode again, uh, or not, you're not restarting the mode, but you're starting back at square one in multi-ball. But mm. it's now multiplied how much point, how many points you can earn. So at least there's that. Whereas with this table with Moon Knight, it just, there never seemed to be enough of multiplication to the points. And again, it would be nice if you could stack modes. It would be nice if it um, had better reward for getting to the end. Uh, anything of that nature would be, would be key. Uh, for me, a good example of how to do it is with Ripley's Believe It or Not. Mm. In that it doesn't matter how many times you go through all the modes they're getting better and better scoring each and every time. And each time you complete all the continents, you're now getting it. It's stacking how many points you're earning. So you're rewarded for grinding basically. Whereas yes. this one, there's no reward for, for grinding per se. 
not at least not enough reward. So another uh, thing that the table has, and it's probably the weirdest mode I've ever seen, they call it respected citizen. So when you start this up, it becomes a stock trading game. (laughs) Oh yeah. I triggered that the other day. I went, what, what is this? Uh, Right. So so hard to understand for me. Could you like, tell me how that works? Yeah. So basically what happens is it's a rolling number uh, that is going up and down in terms of the price of the stock. So you want to buy low and you want to sell high. The way you buy and sell is by shooting any of the lanes or ramps. Once you shoot that lane, then it says you bought the stock or sold the stock to alternate between if you're buying or selling, you push the launch button. So clearly if the stock price is anything above 50, you want to be selling. If it's anything below 50, you want to be buying. I played this mode for a couple of minutes straight. I happen to have been really on my game in terms of hitting ramps, just comboing them and over and over and over again. All told, I wound up with a score total of just north of two million. Oh, really? I, like, I spent all this time, and that's the best that I could do. And so then I was like, okay, maybe I need to, instead of just willy nilly, so long as it was you know below fifty buy and above fifty sell. I was like, okay, I'm not going to shoot when it's those. I'm going to wait for it to get down to you know below twenty and above eighty, so that there's really a profit margin you know happening. And I concentrated on doing that same result still just it it, it was just okay. like any mode that you can spend this much time on needs to have some payout and it didn't have the payout yeah uh, see that's not good no <laughs> and not only that but each time you shot a lane it reset the timer for how much time you had to stay within the mode oh so unless you like completely like trapped the ball and just flipped around on random things you could never end the mode Right. And then how you end the mode is by shooting the uh, sinkhole at the very top center of the table again, which is how you started the mode to begin with. And that's how you cash out basically with with what you're doing. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just like, man, this game would be so much better if you just go in and rebalance it. Um, Another tactic does sound like a punishment. I I'll just go. I'll, I don't even think I'll be bothered with that mode now. If I get, I'll just go. Oh, whatever. Just shoot the top hole and move on. And and literally, that's it. The only reason why you want that mode to start is because it lights one of the letters, yes. one of the insert letters. So it's it's just grinding, right? It's grinding to the, the wizard mode. Yeah, yeah. That's rough. Um, so one of the wow. other things, one of the other tactics that I would always employ also is, uh, if you start police scanner. It turns all the lanes into a little blinking blue light that determines what mode of police scanner you, uh, what particular mission mode you start. I don't care what mission mode you start. They're all pretty, pretty easy because it only takes one or two lanes to shoot and the mode is complete. But then you have the fun task of there's a car on the lower left hand side of the play field. And mm-hmm. it's a bear to shoot the ball into that. Is uh, there a hole underneath that? Yeah, there's a hole underneath that. And oh, right, so okay. basically, no idea. And that's actually that's actually how you start any of these. So you like the mission, and then in order to actually start the mission going, you have to shoot it into that car. So once you shoot it into that car, then it doesn't matter if you actually com- are successful or fail. At the end of it, the car will then light on fire. If you shoot the ball up the left ramp, it'll come. The ball will go through the car fire basically, and now your ball is on fire. Yeah. From there, there are five different uh, call them cauldrons or, or basins. Uh, that are at various uh, different 
lanes. So it's basically your two orbit lanes, your uh, two ramps, and your mission lane. Mm-hmm. Shoot the ball up any of those that'll light the cauldron. When you light the fifth cauldron, you get two million points and the extra ball light. Wow. I was able to stack three extra balls mm. at one given time. I don't know how many extra balls you can actually get on this table, but I'm telling you, you can get a lot. <laughs> yeah. That is after three extra balls stacked, I'll just be going, oh, I'm done with this table now. Uh, <laughs> well, and again, it becomes this, it, it's, it's you're grinding. That's what it, it is all about. And I mean, if your strategy is to get to the wizard mode then those, those extra balls will be handy. Right. Then they can become handy. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, not really. Well, that's yeah. very interesting um, that you got that far in the game. You're able to see under the hood of it, essentially, and really get to know it. Oh, right. Uh, you really get to know it. I wound up taking first place on the three ball anything goes challenge at right. 516 million. And second that's place was, that's yeah, second, second place with 342 million. So I, I schooled it pretty good. You sure um, did. Yeah, you well and truly pwned that table for sure. Th- that being said, on the one ball challenge, day uh somebody scored 280 million that's pretty good <laughs> so, on one ball, on uh, one ball. <laughs> and, and that's one ball no extra balls are or oh, I, I was gonna ask if yeah. extra balls count for your one ball mm. no it just gives you i forget what the bonus points is that it gives you when you you know collect it but uh oh. yeah so <laughs> i was expecting Jeez. i was full on expecting to see somebody score a billion points on this and I think mm-hmm. everybody just couldn't be bothered. Yeah, <laughs> just went, oh, I'm out of fracks for this table. Yeah. I don't have two fracks to rub together for it anymore. So what's all right? So what's the next one? And will you do the same sort of format? Um, well, some things that we learned with this. Yes, fatigue is a big factor. Don't do anything that is uh, a week long with it. Mm. The more ideal setting would be to do because we did a whole bunch where it was only one day. And yeah. people were kind of like, well, the problem with that is I didn't have enough time to play. And so I felt pressured. And so that made me kind of resent having to play. Right. Uh, whereas if we had made it all two-day tourneys, that that would have been much more uh, uh, digestible for it. Uh, you know, you have enough time to play, but you're also not having to worry about if, if you have a conflict. through it over a week. Yeah, yeah or if you have like a conflict one day. And um, that means you can get three different modes in typically through during a week, right? Yeah. yeah um, the good. other the other thing, and I didn't even think about this, but uh, Ksenia actually, Sven, we know him as here on the podcast, uh, pointed out, so I had a thing that if you scored within the top 10 on all five tournaments, then you would get an extra thousand points. Mm-hmm. Thinking, well, hey, this is how we'll motivate people to stick with it. But then as Sven pointed out, well, there was a day that he wasn't able to play. And now he's penalized for not placing in the top 10 and the other people are raised up for mm-hmm. it. And he said, if anything, uh, make it where it's your top four out of five scores count. Oh, okay. Yep. That's fair. Enough. Um, so that way, if you have, if you have a day that you, you botched or you weren't able to play, then fine. You're forgiven. That's and- your grace. That's, That's your great. Um, and by the same hand, if there was a yeah. day that were your particular mode that you're just horrible at, then that's your throwaway, and mm. you know, the other ones will count. So that's a good idea. Yeah. So there's some so there's some adjustments that can be that can be made. Um, 
What the I only really way you're going to get to know this is is to just experiment with it because exactly until you play, you don't know how you need to rebalance things. Yeah, so I think we're we're going to it'll be a little while before we try another one of these because I think it is it does kind yeah. of ask a lot. There's you you notice that there's you know maybe eight players that you see their names over and over again, and everybody else is just kind of randomly popping in, popping out, and mm. you know, whether they care or not care. So. Uh, you know, there's that aspect. I really wish that Zen could implement something where it's a multi-stage tournament that you can design uh, so that I'm not having to keep a piece of paper near me with all my scores of everybody's doing and keeping track because that also had the potential of becoming cumbersome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. You know, so the, yeah, there's some other aspects that that we could tweak what's going. So if, if you have any suggestions about uh, doing this kind of a tournament and how to score it, I would love to hear them either. Uh, well, the easiest way is to drop us an email. That's blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. The other way would be to pop onto the uh, tournament thread form on uh, Pimble Arcade fans. And uh, you'll easily find where this <laughs> where this particular thread is. It's right at the top, and you can put your comments in there. Um, but yeah, so that's our. Uh, we haven't done a deep dive on a table in a very long time, but uh, there you go. So Jared, do what you mm. do best. Shut the door. Yeah, don't shut the door. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time since I've asked you to do that. All right. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. <laughs> As you can tell by my uh, somewhat strange response. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? Is that something I used to do? I don't know. I used to do this? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, <laughs> so, so Zen fired out a tweet that wound up being on Medium from an article that was on Medium.com, go figure. Uh-huh. Um, and it was kind of interesting. It, some company, it's a French company, but, and I'm going to butcher this, but I think it's Wego, uh, O-U-I-G-O. They are a uh, a low-cost railway service. And they were looking at, I guess, some interesting way of marketing uh, what they do. This. I've actually played this. You've actually played this. And I have, yeah. so, so I was reading the article about this particular game, and what's funny is, uh, this is marketers right off the bat, Hey, wouldn't that be cool if we did some pinball game? Yeah. Hey, does anyone of us play pinball? No. Has anyone else ever designed a game? No. Oh, we want this to be able to play in your browser. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This shouldn't be too difficult. <laughs> yeah, I would say that for a browser pinball game, yeah, it was pretty good. I was very impressed. Eh. So uh, some of the things that they talk about in this article, and uh, Jared can post a link to this uh, on our website and you'll be able to uh, just click it and, and follow the link or you can just search uh zen's uh it's the, under their pinball effects twitter handle uh that's where i saw it uh or the, you could just follow me because i just gave it applause and medium so <laughs> there you go um yeah. but they basically go through all the steps of of them deciding to do this then starting to do their research all the way to figuring out hey should we make this uh a, a 2d physics or 3d physics um, and then how do you apply the graphics to make it look 3D, even though you're really technically still a 2D uh, source? Is is kind of it's kind of fascinating to read 
But the ultimate thing that they come down to was they wanted to have it a physical cabinet that people could play. And so they build a upright arcade cabinet, which I just kind of went, eh, okay, you just kind of botched it there. But where they really botched it was they put the screen in landscape instead of portrait. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, what are you Wrong. doing? Wrong. You people clearly don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just scrolling through the article now. I'm going, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah they. Uh, it, it, it's definitely worth a read just to see what goes into uh, a big idea like this, and maybe makes you appreciate uh, what Zen and Farsight do. Uh, yeah, the thing that's simply with theirs. The thing that is actually lovely is the the aesthetic on this table. It's a very unusual sort of design. Um, it is one of those classic. It is very much inspired by Zen in that the fact that it expands upon like outside the realms of a regular pinball table. Like it doesn't sit within like a cabinet, for example. Right. Like you got bits that are sort of jutting out here and extra play fields there and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, like when I was playing this game, I just wanted to have one more game on it. I just, mm. just one more. It was really, really playable. And the physics were actually relatively good. Um, I didn't notice too much problem with that but the only thing that was frustrating was that you actually needed like i was playing this on my macbook yeah and even it was having some troubles running it at a good clip and um i think i did load it up on my my pixel excel at the time and it was okay on that but again it was it was in a browser and i just wish that they would just go and package this and release it on the app store and make it a like a native app right because it would be really good. I would I would get it and I'd probably even throw them a couple of bucks because it's actually really quite fun. I don't know. Aesthetically though, to me it looks very uh Candyland. Oh, it's totally <laughs> Candyland, but that's actually the appeal of it for me. Like it's very different to what a lot of the other pinball tables are out there. And it takes you it reminds you that this is actually a this is a world. This isn't actually a real pinball simulation. And that I think is the important thing. Um, to remember here one of one of the things that uh, cracked me up within the article uh they they were saying well one of the things we had to have is dmd because it's not pinball without dmd and again you can you know clearly you don't play pinball because there was many 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 years exactly um so yeah anyway check out that article uh, give it a read folks and see what you think yeah, I'm going to read this in more detail. I'll keep it up in the in the screen so I can see it, and I will definitely add it to the show notes. It's um, there's lots of really cool pictures of the design, and yeah. even things like height maps and stuff like that, which I had no right. idea what they are. So I've got a lot of geeking out to do on this article. <laughs> it was a good find. Thanks for sharing that. That'll be fun to read through. Hey, uh, we always appreciate you listening to us, and we also really like it when you interact with us. You can do that via Twitter. Look up the show at Blockade. That is uh, where you'll find when we're doing podcasts and uh, things related purely with pinball and with uh, articles that get released on the website. Otherwise, you can follow us personally. I am at Shut Your Traps. He is at Jared Morgs. And, and that uh, is the same for both Medium and Twitter. So if you want to yeah. follow us on those two platforms, that's the same handles. Um, 
The other thing you can do is interact with us on Medium by easily creating an account. It'll take just a couple of minutes. And then for each of the articles that you like, you can give us a little clap. Yep. Um, it's it's the version of like um, on Medium, but less lame. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, go and have a go and see what else you can find on Medium. There's plenty of cool stuff, so check it out. Alrighty, well, until next week, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rugs. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball. Speaking of articles, and this would be the portion of the show that would have been at the beginning of the show, but it's now at the end of the show. Uh, so I've posted <laughs> yet more reviews. And folks, uh, basically, I'm, I'm all caught up on my backlog of movies to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it'll just be as they release in the theaters, then I can uh, play catch up. So it's basically, you'll get maybe two reviews out of me a week. Uh, but if you go to our website, that is blockadepinball.com slash episodes, that'll get you to the main page. And from there, if you just, uh, click on articles, you'll find all of the, uh, past reviews that, uh, I've written, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I finally watched the last of my Oscar nominee best picture ones that I was going to watch. And it was it was uh, Darkest Hour, which is basically the Winston Churchill uh, movie about when he first became prime minister. And what I didn't know, because I don't know my history that well, was that it takes place exactly at the same time as Dunkirk takes place. And I really wished that the two movies had just kind of been blended together, because Dunkirk doesn't have hardly any talking or it's all visual story basically. Mm. And darkest hour. There should have just been retitled speeches, the movie, because it's literally, <laughs> it's literally one Winston Churchill speech after another. And they just kind of meld together. And I mean, hats off to Gary Oldman. A, you don't even recognize that he's in this role and you just feel like you're watching a living recreation of what happened. But my God, there's only so many times of somebody bloviating in front of parliament before you just go enough. I'm done. Yeah, done. You know, get on with it. Show me an explosion or two something, please. You know? Yeah. Right. So that's why I say it would have been nice if you had a, uh, while he's like show Dunkirk, but just have his speeches playing over as the audio while the movie Dunkirk is playing. And then I would have been cool. Um, Dunkirk, the oration. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. It's the uh, next one. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm 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 happy to be done with the uh, good for me movies, the prestige films, and I can get onto the utter crap that's coming out uh, all the way up through summer, which is the stuff I like. The, the, <laughs> the get your popcorn, switch your brain off, and enjoy this ride. Yeah, and and hopefully, uh, you know, like I just went and saw Annihilation, and it was really smart science fiction. Okay. Um, so you know, I'm I'm expecting a few of these to actually be somewhat decent. Like I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Red Sparrow. I'll be seeing that this week. Mm. And of course I'm all over the Tomb Raider movie because 
Oh, that's coming even out. Though, okay. Even though I didn't like the Angelina Jolie ones, I still love the game and I can't help it. And so I just, I don't know, I dig on that whole thing. But then I also have things coming up like, an, oh God, this is going to be a miserable week. <laughs> coming up in April, the only two new releases are a horror movie called Truth or Dare, which I don't do horror movies normally, but hey, I'll, I'm going to go see everything, right? Um, yep. And then the other thing is a remake of Overboard, which I hated the original. And, I don't even know what it is. Uh, it, the, the original was Goldie Hawn and uh, Kurt Russell. And Goldie Hawn was a spoiled rich socialite and Kurt Russell was a handyman. And while on a cruise, she falls overboard and gets amnesia. And he takes her back to his country hick home and convinces her that uh, she's poor. Oh, my wife is now filling me in. It's because she didn't pay him for the job he did. And oh essentially, essentially life lessons are learned. And, you know, at the end, everything is uh, peachy. Everybody has a better understanding of the circumstances of other people's lives. Uh, this new movie is wonderful. With, yeah, this new movie is with Anna Ferris, and she is playing the the worker for uh, I don't know. The actor is uh, he's he's a Spanish guy. And apparently he's been he's rather well known for that his language films. Uh, but anyway, he plays the rich guy and bumps his head and she, yeah, she's the worker and she brings him back home and convinces him that he, that <laughs> great. See, my wife is interested, right? Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I'm just like that. That's the week that I'm dreading. But then the following week I get super troopers too. So meow. Um, okay. <laughs> have you, uh, you probably would have had um, Pacific Rim two out for yonks over there. Um, well, the Pacific Rim 2 comes out on March 23rd. Okay, so it hasn't been out there yet. Nope, they're actually out there yet. Sounds like the movie studios are actually getting better at doing worldwide releases because, you know, well, piracy. <laughs> they, they actually moved up the release of Avengers by a week here. Yeah, because Danny Jr. Danny Jr. said, oh, yeah, I want it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because he Who? actually said that tweet. I think Who? it was. It I don't know who this person is. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, Robert Downey Jr. He tweeted. No. He did something that made the studio release it two or three weeks earlier. Then, well, um, no, what it is is worldwide. It was releasing a week earlier than here in the states. The states. It's one of the May Fourth is or that first week of May is traditionally now the start of our summer movie season. Ah, right. But elsewhere in the world, the week prior is a better release date. Ah, so, but because of a, how well black Panther is doing and B the piracy issue and C how much money they think this thing is going to make. They kind of went, why don't we just release it worldwide at the same time and avoid a lot of these headaches, mm. <laughs> especially sure. since the, the people are worried about spoilers because by the end of this movie, it's going to shape what's to come. And so far Marvel has been keeping their mouth shut about anything after this movie. Oh, uh, so they want to be a be surprise. Massive. So it's going to be yeah. massive for the geeks. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet recently that, that suggested that, that, <laughs> that Iron Man, uh, <laughs> told us, <laughs> suggested that, um, yes, uh, I think, yeah, Marvel or the film company released a thing. Go, oh, are you looking forward to seeing Avengers coming out this day? And Robert goes, ah, oh, 
you know, is it possible to get it released like a couple of weeks earlier? And I go, oh, yes, Mr. Mr. Downey, I'm, I think we could probably do that. He goes, is it possible to see a screening earlier? He used that word. He said a screening, a screening. earlier. Okay. Yeah. And he and they said, oh, yes, Mr. Downey, we can organize that. And uh, he said, oh, would it be possible to have some friends along as well? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, that'll be fine. Um, who? And he said, uh, the world. <laughs> 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 and uh, they went, yeah, why not? Let's do that. <laughs> so you know, obviously, what, obviously, what, what, this was a probably uh, an orchestrated tweet stream. Probably, probably. but it was funny, and yeah. I liked it. What's funny is, is it now leaves a massive hole those first two weeks of May because basically nobody wanted to release on the same day as Avengers, mm. and then nobody wanted to release the next week because they knew that it would still be earning a buttload of money. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so it wasn't going to be until the following week after that. That's when Deadpool 2 comes out. Oh, man. So now you've got this. Yet, hey? Oh, what's wrong with you? Well, you got kids. I got That's kids. what's wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> and believe me, you need <laughs> headphones on for this one. Uh, so, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So now you've got this massive gap. I'm curious to know if anybody's going to shift their release and and pop in but it's i think only going to make deadpool 2 have a even larger opening because mm. everybody all have already seen avengers and will be primed for the next up. one yeah and they'll be fired up for it yeah because then you have deadpool 2 release and then two weeks after that you have the han solo movie oh geez so you see how i mean this is this and that's then the absolute official start of summer uh here yeah. in the states it's memorial day weekend is what we call it uh, and that's that used to be the traditional start of summer, and then everybody kept on kind of pushing forward and forward and forward. Now it's just kind of this year long <laughs> thing, yeah. year long thing that starts in February for summer movies for some reason. But uh, yeah, it uh, it, it should be interesting. So yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're now entering my time of movies where I get to see all the, the crappy all the fun ones. stuff, yes, yeah. <laughs> the, quite literally, the popcorn of the movie season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my my wife keeps on uh, insisting that because she let me get this movie pass thing, that her whole thing is you have to go see everything. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, she <laughs> there's this god awful movie called Sherlock Gnomes. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. And she is insisting that I'm going to have to go see this, and I'm like, <laughs> we're, we're I barely basic. made it. I barely made it watching the trailer. There's no way I can stand sitting for an hour and a half of this drag. No, I think that's <laughs> fair. I think that's totally fair. Yep, you should you should go to every single kids movie and every single movie. If it's on <laughs> cinemas, mate, you got to go and see it. That's the rule. That's, that's the rule. The rule huh? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I think you can, you can feel totally vindicated to write a totally disparaging and, and horrible review of the movie um, well, in, your, in be, your particular style. What what everybody should be wor- looking forward to is next week, uh, there's a movie called Hurricane Height that comes out, and it looks absolutely bonkers bad. <laughs> like... It's big. It's big claim to fame is directed by the guy that directed the first uh, Fast and Furious movie. All right. Now, if you've heard me talk at all, I love this knockoff Fast and Furious movie called Torque, which yeah. is eighty-eight minutes of pure comedy, and it's the motorcycle version of Fast and Furious. All That's right. what I'm. That is what I'm hoping for. I am hoping that it is so bad it's fun. 
Um, yeah. And based off the trailer, we might get there, but there's no chance in hell it's going to be a good movie. <laughs> there's just absolutely no way. <laughs> it's going to be good, but it's going to be good for the wrong reasons. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's going to be so, funny as. <laughs> that's that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for on that one at least. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and and I'll, and I'll try and make the reviews a little more uh, reflective of that kind of fun because basically all I've been doing is ranting about having to watch all these Oscar movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, and eh, I don't like this, but I'm here, so here. My yeah. Rant. Please enjoy my rant. This delicious yeah. plate of rant. Although I did hear a funny thing with uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence was talking about uh, obviously having to watch movies because she can vote for best pictures and stuff. And she said she made it through three minutes of phantom uh, thread, which is that movie about him sewing. Um, (laughs) It's, it's this movie starring Daniel day Lewis. He's a, uh, a dress designer. And basically once a mute, he, he finds muses and that inspire his designs, but then he also gets romantically involved with them. But the minute that they're no longer inspiring him to design, he just drops them like a bad habit right. and moves on to the next one. And <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence is like, I made it through three minutes of that movie and then went, I have better ways to spend my time. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I'm like, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> that's pretty much a review right there. That's, that's, that's what you call a Twitter review. Uh, yeah. Done. So I, I just, uh, and, and then I read somewhere else uh, a reviewer that I follow, uh, or not follow, but pay attention to. He writes for this website called Film Drunk. And uh, Vince Mancini, I believe, is his, is the writer's name. And he's pretty funny. But uh, he'd taken similar takes with, with a lot of this stuff where it's just like, oh, my God why do I have to deal with watching this stuff? <laughs> when can I watch the stuff I normally watch? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Far out. Oh man. No. Well, anyway, that was, that was actually good. That was actually a good warm up chat. <laughs> good, good. That, was, that was our cool. That was our cool down chat this time. Folks. Yeah, that was a cool down warm up. Yeah, it was good. It felt no, good. No editing necessary for Jared this time around. No, I'm happy with that. Cause it took me like quite literally a week to get the episode out. Like I released it yesterday. Um, so yeah, I got there just, just in time right. <laughs> before I had to re- record the next one. <laughs> well, this is, this is, this is all on you though, because you insist on having your pinball first. So I, I, I threw you a bone this week. Yeah. It was, <laughs> no, that wasn't the reason at all. It actually took me five minutes to resolve that problem. Um, I quite literally just went, Oh, look, all this pinball talk. Jeez. We did that for 10 or 12 minutes. Oh, that's going to be cut. <laughs> snip, snip, dump it to the end of the solid track and then just dump it at the end. It was very easy for me to resolve that. <laughs> uh, 